Is everybody ready? Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come on by and see us grab some jazz gear. We've got some listeners grabbing jazz gear right now. A nice chat with Jimmy during the break. Hanging out with a little Taysom right here in his Donovan Mitchell jersey. We love being out and about, Gordon. We get to meet uh, our listeners, and it's always a lot of fun. Oh, there's no doubt about that, man. We have so many great listeners. It's That's uh, one of my favorite things about coming out here and doing the remote. Terrible job by Austin on Sounds of the Week. Uh, say that because he included some parts that I wasn't there. I wasn't really wild about, to be, uh, to be quite honest. But uh, nonetheless, brought to you by our friends at Zero Res. <laughs> You can get uh, rooms cleaned for just $33 per room, and uh, they'll clean, if you clean three, they'll clean the fourth one for free. Give them a call, 288-9376. Uh, the, the suggestions from Hans for who would play who in our staff if we, we did a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hans is really wrapping his brain around this because he, he, keeps, he keeps texting me. So uh, Lou Diamond Phillips could play Lloyd. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was thinking Rick Moranis or uh, Rick Moranis for Tony. <laughs> all right. Tom Green for Adrian. Oh, all right. I could see that. Okay. Tall and lean. Yeah. And uh, he said he'd have Andy Dick play me. Um, all right. They're all in the ballpark. Uh, Austin tweeted out side by sides of PK with uh, and Walter Matthau, which looks pretty spot on to me. And Clint Howard is Tony. Which actually, I think Clint resembles Tony more so than PK. <laughs> I, I think you're right on the money there, Austin. So anyway, keep those coming. Keep your suggestions. Uh, at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Uh, Jordan says he'd watch that mediocre movie every day of the week. That's pretty funny. Mm. All right, should we get to our conversation with Jeff? Let's do it. You and I had a chance to sit down with him today and uh, chat with him for a few minutes. And uh, you want anything that really stood out to you to kind of tease in this this interview with Jeff? Just his overall attitude and what's where his priorities are. They are a perfect match for the Jazz. If he really is what he portrays himself to be, then he will fit in nicely. All right, let's go ahead and hear from one of the newest Jazz men, Jeff Green, here on the Big Show. Jeff Green with us here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jeff, first of all, welcome to Salt Lake. What's uh, your first impressions of the of the team and the city? Of the city is beautiful. Uh, with the scenery, uh, the mountains in the background. Uh, every time I travel here, it's snowing, but you don't get, <laughs> you don't get to see uh, the scenery too much. Um, and it's beautiful. The team, um, I'm happy to be a part of the team. Very, very happy uh, with the personnel that these guys have. And, uh, you know, acquiring Mike, um, having Donovan, um, being the player that he is and growing to be. Uh, Joe, uh, Rudy, it's, it's a great team. It's a good team to be a part of. What uh, Take us through the process of deciding to come here, and what role did Quinn Snyder play in, in, that, uh, in that process? Um... The role that he played, 
Well, I didn't get to talk. I talked to him a little bit before and just the basketball mind that he has. Um, you can tell, you know, how much he studies the craft of basketball. For me, I'm a big IQ, a big knowledge of the game type of guy. And, you know, the first 10 minutes of that conversation, you know, he showcased that to me right away. And, you know, that for me, that was a, a, a comfort from, you know, me choosing to come here, knowing that, you know, one of my questions was, you know, how would the game be played, uh, you know, with the change of personnel? And his thing was, you know, I don't know, but it's definitely going to change because, you know, most coaches tend to stay the same no matter who's on the team, you know. And his, you know, response was, you know, having the personnel that we have, you know, some things will change, some things won't, but, you know, you have to, you know, adjust to who's on the team. And, you know, that shows that he's, you know, already looking forward and looking at possibilities of ways to work this team. And, um, you know, outside of him, you know, having a conversation uh, with Mike um, right after I talked to Quinn, like five minutes after I talked to Quinn, um, you know, he I asked him about, you know, Donovan because he had a chance to work out with him a couple of times before uh, once he got traded here and I asked him about, you know, some of the guys on a more personal level. And he said, you know, it's going to be great. And, you know, I, I believe that, you know, because I, I trust Mike. And, you know, when the opportunity arose that, you know, they wanted me to come, it was, you know, no brainer. So it seems to me like fitting in that you like to think these things through and fitting in. How do you fit in? Yeah, at this point in my career, it's, it's not about just, you know, picking any team. You know, it's, it's about maximizing, you know, the years, maximizing the opportunity to win. Uh, that's most important to me is winning. Um, you know, all the other accolades come with that. So um, for me, having an opportunity to, you know, talk to some, some of the guys. I actually did text with Donovan uh, a little bit beforehand. Um, and, you know, having this opportunity um, to be part of a, such a special team that's, you know, unselfish, um, no egos, you know, that's rare. You know, organization that's, you know, ran the right way um, is having a city that's going to support you every night um, is rare. And having this opportunity is rare, so I wanted to be a part of something special. We talk to fans every day, and they're really excited about the potential of this team for the wins that you're talking about with the additions, uh, of course, including yourself. It sounds like you feel the same way. Correct, correct. I do, I do. Like I said, at this point in my career, it's not about just going to anybody and, and trying to play basketball. It's about picking the right situation, the right organization, and the right people. And, you know, that's, that's here. So what do you add to the equation? What are you looking forward to? And will you adjust your game at all? Or are you what you are and you move forward in a positive way? Move forward in a positive way. Um, adjusting, you have to sacrifice for sure. If we want to be great, want to be uh, playing in June, people have to sacrifice. But as far as fitting, I have to be myself. Um, you know, I have to go out and just play my game. And I can't think about, you know, much. I, I've been playing this game a long time. Uh, obviously, I've been, you know, on multiple teams. But, you know, the one thing I've tried to do is just be myself. Uh, you know, I don't want to, um, you know, go out there and, you know, try to, 
you know, just fit in because that takes away some of the advantages of, you know, me being versatile, being able to play, you know, on a perimeter, on a post, put the ball on the floor, bringing it up, you know, that takes away if I'm, you know, just trying to fit in. You know, I have to go out there and be myself. And, you know, when you add the the abilities of my game to what was already here, I think it'll fit in well. And what do you think as in your mind, what is your what are your best attributes? Um, my best attributes, um, you know, being able to play multiple positions, guard multiple positions, um, you know, spread the floor out, being able to attack, uh, you know, at the rim. I think that's what I'm best at, getting to the rim. Um, and, you know, just, you know, being a, a vet that's been through a lot. Uh, you know, I've been to the finals. I've been to the playoffs. Uh, you know, probably, you know, this is my what, 13th, 12th year. I've been to the playoffs probably seven of those years. So, you know, the experience of, of that and being on the finals team, knowing what it takes, it takes some luck. But it also takes, you know, highly best that know that it's, you know, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of being on the same page to get to that point. Um, and, you know, that's what I bring. Tell us a little bit about yourself, family, uh, interests, that sort of thing. Uh, I have a wife, uh, two kids, uh, two girls, uh, two and one. Um, very, I'm very, very low key, very um, mild man. I'm very calm, you know, to myself a lot. Um, from the outside looking in, I'm very I'm to myself, I'm very quiet. Uh, so, um, you know, I like to be as as private as as possible because. Uh, you know, we're, we're very uh, open to the public. Um, what they try to do is expose a lot of who we are. And to me, I think, you know, it's, it's best to, you know, have a private life, have, you know, uh, you know, something that, you know, I can just go home and, you know, close the door and be, you know, myself and be, uh, you know, relaxed. And, you know, I try to um, be as private as possible, but, you know, I'm also, uh, you know, a warming guy and you know, I talk to anybody so you know if you see me around the city you know feel free to just you know you know welcome and say hello so now that you've told us that you're a private guy can you give us one glimpse one glimpse into who you are uh, something that people might not know about you uh, that people might not know about me I don't know um Something you've been keeping secret for the <laughs> <laughs> that I've been keeping secret to to the outside public. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't um, I don't have a lot of a lot of secrets per se. Just you know, I'm just you know, I'm a normal. The way I live is very. Very normal. I'm, I'm very, you know, I like to be as, you know, simple as possible. You just um, don't like talking about yourself. Probably. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not a person who, who really, like, you know, talks in third person about, you know, how I, how I am and, you know, who I am and what I do. It's, you know, it's, I like to just live. I don't, I don't like to really... Uh, 
talk. I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll fit in well with this team, I think. You know, I think you're exactly right. I've been doing this for 40 years, and rarely have I seen a team, at least the way it was constituted before, but it seems like the guys who are coming in are the same mold mm-hmm. of caring about each other and working for each other and not being big ego. Give it, give me all the attention. Yeah, I think that's what it's about. Um, when you want to play for something bigger than yourself, you have to be able to be that way. You can't. I mean, you, there, there's a there's a pecking order. Yes, you have to understand that, but you also have to sacrifice a little bit to understand that if we want to be a good team, it has to be about the team because uh, teams win championships. It's not one person. Uh, you know, it, it may be one person that shines more but a team is what wins a championship and I believe that's the mindset you have to have and you have to be able to be there for your brother uh, be able to you know pick your brother up to help your brother and you know I truly believe in that and I stand by that well it's nice to meet you Jeff thank you very much for a few minutes thank you I appreciate it Jeff Green New member of the Utah Jazz introduced today, finally, at a press conference, and uh, you and I had a chance to sit down with him. I I think, Gordon, when Quinn Snyder was hearing him talk about his versatility on defense mm-hmm. and being able to guard so many positions, I, I think he, his mouth probably watered a little <laughs> bit. You know, I, I when he was saying that, I was thinking, Quinn Snyder is liking that. That right there is really going to be what he brings to the table, and he's good enough offensively that you have to respect what he does. He talked about how he'd like to get to the rim. He's a career 33% three-point shooter, so you at least have to pay attention to him out there. But he could probably guard almost everybody on the floor. Versatility, man. Yeah. And and that. he was bigger than I expected. I don't know about you, but as we you know stood next to him or whatever, he he's he's a big guy. He's yeah. got some size to him. You can see where that versatility comes from. There, I know a lot of people around the league who really think highly of, at least at a, a sort of a theoretical level, they think he is a good player who 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 they think might have been really really good you know and I, so i don't know what i'm trying to say there but uh he obviously is gifted enough talent wise to help the jazz in a role that we'll see him on the floor a lot he was asked in the press conference about this is the third minimum contract in a row he's signed mm. just one year minimum contracts which is kind of surprising because he's a better player than that you yeah. think right and he was asked about that in the press conference and he gave a really honest answer, and it wasn't necessarily a, a dig at the Jazz but, uh, by any means, but he, he was talking about how he felt a little disrespected by that and how that was troublesome to him, and he didn't really hide from that. He thinks he, he, he in so many words, basically said, I'm better than that. I don't know why that keeps happening, but I'm, I'm better than that. And I kind of thought, you know, here's a guy who's undervalued. Yeah. And that's that's those usually are the best pickups. When yeah, you, he's better than what he's being paid. He's relative to other players. I agree, mm-hmm. but one thing, and then my mind starts, you know, going through the rabbit hole, Gordon. But he's an example of disappearing middle class in the NBA. How guys who are good rotational role NBA players don't get compensated because so much of the salary cap goes to the stars. Yeah, that's. I think that's a fair analysis. Anyway, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that's. 
something we want to talk about, but I, I, I thought that that was an example mark, of that. Mark down what Jake said there. I think he will play a much bigger role for the Jazz this next season than a minimum, minimally pl- paid type. I think so, too. Yeah, it's, I'd, I'd be shocked if that doesn't happen. Well, you asked me the other day who out of the new guys um, outside of Bojan and, and Mike Conley is going to make the biggest impact. I think it's going to be him. Because I think he's better than Jay Crowder on both sides of the ball, but I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play that role coming in off the bench. And once again, he's making much less. Yep. So I mean, that's a what's the matter with that? Nothing. That, that's a bargain. Well, I, I mean, if you think a guy should be paid what what he deserves to be paid, the market's a little weird. Now we'll have to see if he has the lack of shame that Jay Crowder did. <laughs> Fire away, man! He loved to hoist that ball. Yeah, he wants to fit in, but he also wants to uh, sort of uh, uh, force his will onto players, and he wants to prove to people that he can still play. That's a, that's a fairly motivated guy for his age and his uh, his veteran status. And he wants to win. Yeah. I mean, he's, he said that right there, bottom line, he wants to win, and that's a big part of the reason he told he, he picked the Utah Jazz. I mean, honestly, think about it. If you're if all you're signing is a vet minimum contract wherever you go, because if he had a multi-year big deal waiting for him, he would have signed it. But if you're only going to sign a vet minimum contract somewhere, you're going to pick the best place for you. You're going to pick the best place for you as a basketball player, right? Where you can win, where you can have a role, and I think that says a lot uh, about the Utah Jazz and where they are as a franchise right what now. What do you think about him saying that he's a high IQ kind of basketball player? He likes uh, the knowledge. He likes to think about those things. I, I, uh, that'll be interesting to see whether he connects with Quinn Snyder in that way. Well, that's the type of coach Quinn Snyder is, so it wouldn't surprise me if that's the type of player that he attracted. And and we'll have to see. I mean, he he had a conversation with Quinn about things that were going to change. You heard him talk about that. He, he said, "Are you going to change the way that you play?" And uh, well, I thought his what he said, Quinn said, was really interesting. He said, "Yeah, and I don't even know yet." <laughs> you know, I mean, Quinn's got all these options in front of him now. He doesn't even know, and, and I'm sure he's thinking about it twenty four seven because that's the way Quinn rolls. But uh, he'll come up with something. Well, the fact that he was able to manufacture offense to be in the middle of the league last year is a miracle. And you wonder now what he can do with some, some offensive skill. So, so some so, more offensive talent. So I why say. change it? Why not have just the same guy, have different guys playing the same roles more efficiently? Because they're different players. I mean, Jeff Green's a different player with a different skill set than, than Jay Crowder. It can be yeah. better at different. In fact, I think the best coaches, we've talked about this before, are the ones that really adapt what they do to the talent that they have to maximize, you know, who they are and where they are. He's going to, Bojan and Derek Favors could not be more different players. I mean, if he didn't adjust what they did based on personnel, it'd be foolish, right? Well, yeah, Derek Favors didn't spend that much time on the court with uh, with Rudy and and Bogdanovich. Will uh, right, twelve minutes a game is it's, yeah, that's plenty. Fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I get that, but you can still get those open shots for those shooters and let them shoot, you know. And that's what Quinn was so good at last year. Now, yeah, you can take Jeff Green. And you can have a slash to the basket. Yeah. 
Well, Quinn was good at generating open shots. Don't get me wrong, but part of it is a lot of those players were left open, and now that they have to change the way that they guard the Jazz, it's going to be a whole different animal to get open shots. Yeah, but now, now they're those guys won't be left open. So now Donovan Mitchell can drive to the basket with uh, with more abandon. Right, but it's going to be different. Right. I mean, that's I guess what that's I'm getting point. at. Yeah, I get it. I mean, the Jazz had a lot of open shots in the playoffs because. Whenever Jay Crowder or Ricky Rubio got the ball, they stood in the paint and said, shoot it. We're leaving you open. You don't, shoot it. You don't think they're going to be saying that to Boyan Bogdanovich? My guess is no. Derek Favors gets it in the corner. Hey, he's open. Shoot it. Shoot it. I'm not moving. I'm staying right here under the basket, the, offensive, or the defensive rebound. You're not going to see that with some of these players, and even Jeff Green. I mean, he shot 34% last year from three. That's good enough that you have to pay attention to it. And I think in other years he's done better than that. So it, the Jazz will be guarded differently. They will have to adjust some of the stuff that they do. But, I mean, who's better qualified for that than Quinn Snyder? I think Ed Davis will play the role of Derek Favors. As, uh, as a backup center, yeah. yeah. And uh, defensively. And they really didn't go to Derek that much offensively. Seems like Derek uh, cleaned up the garbage a little bit. And Ed Davis is capable of doing that as well. Ed Davis isn't uh, as capable as Derek Favors was uh, at the offensive end. But certainly, you told you asked him that question. He said, hey, you're a rebounding fool. How do you do it? And he said, I can't give away my trade secrets. Which we'll get to that interview coming up at the yeah. top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, real quick, uh, feedback on the interview. Ryan said, a great interview, guys, with Jeff Green. Sounds like a solid person. By the way, you are not too upbeat. Keep doing what you do. Love the big show. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much. I'd be we, lying if we, I said I didn't get, have my feelings hurt this week, and so I need we, people like Ryan we, to help me we, out. We Thank you, Ryan. We were just teasing you. It doesn't make it true. You guys tease me all the time, and I know it's not true. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, Gordon. To quote the great Taylor Swift, now we got bad blood. <laughs> You're not going to forget. It used to be mad love. <laughs> But now we got bad blood. All right, we're live here at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come on by and see us. We've got a listener in right now. Help yourself. We've got jazz gear. We've got hats. We've got the uh, desk ornament. We've got shirts. Uh, Come in and grab something. I think we still have bees tickets to give away as well. So feel free to uh, come in and uh, take your pick of what we've got going on. And, of course, at the warehouse, they've got prices so low it will blow your mind. Our good friend Race joins us once again because Tom's out of town, and we're taking advantage of it. Race is pushing the envelope here. I I like it. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. And our listeners benefit. (laughs) Hey, did you look in your living room this morning, maybe the last couple of days, at that old sofa and love seat? Maybe the recliner chair that doesn't recline anymore. Think about it. How old is your furniture? Five years, 10 years, 20 years old? Did you tell yourself, I can't afford a new set? I got to keep this one. Yes, you can afford it. Here's what I'm going to do. With Tom out of town, Ashley Signature Series Select Sofa and Love Seats here in the store. Eight different colors to choose from. I got mocha, cafe, steel, salsa, stone, sage cobblestone and sky blue you'd pay 10.99 at any of the big stores here close by in the valley come in say i heard it on the zone and i'll do any sofa in the eight colors that there it's available in for only 2.99 
Wait a minute. It's going for ten ninety nine down the street. You're doing it for two ninety nine race. And the love seat at two ninety seven. Wow. And we can deliver it to your house too. Boom. Get the deal before race gets fired. Seriously, take advantage of that. 1967 yeah. South, 300 West, and uh, race is employed, at least for now. So I would get down here and, and do something about it. Well, more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Phil Steele, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When you look at Pac-12 schedules, do Utah and Washington play tough enough schedules? Now, I do think Utah, let's say they ran the table this year, but I think the Pac-12 will gain some respect this season. I've rated them the number five conference in each of the last two years. This year, I rate them number three. Good depth throughout, and I think if you see Utah run the table this year, their schedule's tough enough that they would definitely be able to get in the mix. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 Till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I took a car to your place, wanted to see your face. Big Show, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Welcome back, Gordon Monson. Jake Scott live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come on by and see us. We still have some jazz gear for you, plus prices on furniture that is so low it will blow your mind. In fact, we've met some listeners today. We met uh, a listener, Jimmy who was basically refurnishing his entire apartment. And we just met Billy, who came in during uh, that last break, building who's building a new house and mm-hmm. has to furnish it. I'm telling you, if you've got one of those situations where you've got to buy a bunch of stuff. Oh, you're going to save a bunch of money. You're going to save a ton yeah. by coming down here. So make sure you do that. Trust me, they're going to be any price out there. And they'll when they'll show not, you what the other guys are charging. 500 600 700 bucks off of each item? I mean, that's... You buy ten items for an for a house. Do the math. You come in and you mention the zone. You heard the last deal race through out there. Ashley Furniture Couch that goes for ten ninety nine normally. He's blowing it out for two hundred ninety nine bucks, <laughs> just for our listeners. Yeah, pretty good. You have to furnish a whole house, man. That's going to add up yeah, quick. It sure is. Yeah, make yeah. sure do yourself a favor. Save some money. Come down here to the warehouse. All right, Gordon, uh, we'll let everybody hear from Ed Davis coming up top of the 5 o'clock hour. But let's. Uh, I know you've got a few more items on that list. Let's I cross do. some of those bad boys off. A petition is being signed by thousands and thousands of people attempting to get Halloween moved from October 31st to the last Saturday in October. That is brilliant. Get that done. Get because, that done t- tomorrow. Yeah, when the, when the Halloween falls on a Wednesday, it's kind of tough. It's tough for the kids. It's tough for people who want to go to parties and stuff. You know, this does make some sense. Halloween has turned into as much an adult holiday as it is a kid holiday. So let's put it on Saturday. But the kids do love it. Oh, they do. Yeah, I, yeah there's no doubt about it. But, I mean, who doesn't like to uh, dress up like an idiot and go to a uh, a party to act like an idiot? The only problem with that is uh, that's right in the middle of college football season. Well, so once again, people should be thinking about you. Is that what you're no, saying? No, thinking about everybody. Because people who want to go to the game, uh, that could get in the way. And if you have kids, 
You can't just blow blow out and say, see you later, or I'm going to the game. Well, you can. <laughs> and just leave the bag of candy on the front doorstep? Oh, no, no, no. You leave an empty bowl on the, <laughs> on the front step. You are so cheap. I've done that a number of times. You leave an, an empty bowl on the front step with a, a sign that says take one, and then everybody comes along just assumes it was some, you know, degenerate kid who emptied out all the bowl. Is that the spirit of Halloween, really, to, to jip the kids because you're a cheapskate? Those kids are going to have candy, and it's not because I'm a cheapskate. It's because I wasn't going to be home, and I don't want to give the degenerate kid a chance to empty the entire bowl. <laughs> so you're doing them a favor. I'm doing everybody a favor. Of course you are. Uh, there was a thing going around where people were licking stuff and putting it back. You know, remember that? Uh-huh. Well, now I guess there are some teenagers out there who have been spotted going into convenience stores, opening bottles of soda and spitting in them, and then screwing the lid back on real tight. That's horrible. I know. Just to, Licking just to be jerks? Spitting? Just to, just to I, ruin everybody's day? I, I, I guess. All right, Jake, the WNBA is experimenting in its all-star game with hockey-type substitutions, and uh, apparently a player stands in a tag area and the, while the action is live, uh, one player can come out and just tag the other one, and they switch uh, switch out. What do you think? See, normally I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to rules, but I love this idea. I mean, imagine it would change the strategy big time. Like defensive substitutions at the end of games would be so much easier. Except for you can't dump the puck into, like, the corner and then do a line change. You'd have to pick – I mean, doing an entire line change, I think, would be impossible. But you'd, And you'd have to pick your moment when you actually do the substitution. But I think it's a really cool I idea. I thought it was kind of fascinating, too, that the game doesn't stop. Right. They just run by, and people do that. They're running down the court anyway. You just tag them and run run off onto the bench. It would make, like, the end of games where you get a rebound and you have a chance to have the game-winning shot, you know, and you have to make that decision whether or not to call a timeout (laughs) or to push the ball. It would make those situations so fascinating because you could get a shooter onto the floor while pushing the ball. What about, like, three people? (laughs) <laughs> I think. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think a line change would be tough because you'd be too vulnerable, right? I suppose unless you're running down anyway and you're just tagging. I, I just don't know how that would look. The court might get a little crowded, but that might actually add to the intrigue. Well, wouldn't you have to be – you'd have to make some sort of rule where unlike – I know hockey's a little different, but you'd have to be off the floor before the other person could run on. You'd have to do something like but that. But you'd have to be able to enable it so it would be quick. Because you don't want all that confusion and delay over there. Right. It's got to happen and happen now. But I, I'm fascinated to see how this turns out because I, I think it's actually a, a pretty interesting idea. Do you have any other ideas for rule changes in basketball? We've talked about that with baseball. I mean, I've always thought that it should be – baseball should be like like uh, kickball where you can take the ball off the ground, like on a grounder, and throw it at the runner and – <laughs> well, you're not playing with a big red rubber ball, Gordon. You can get somebody hurt. That's prison baseball. Oh, oh no, that's right. that's why they wear the, the the helmet out on the the bases. But uh, but uh, can you think of anything else in basketball? Well, we've had this change? discussion before, and I've told you no fouls in the last two minutes. You can't call a foul in the last two minutes. What? Yeah. Why? Well, it'd make, it'd make the game finish yeah, but faster, the, but, but also it'd just be it'd be brutal. It'd be great. 
why change the entire game in the last two minutes? If you're going to do that, then you, you can't do that, Jake. You can't do that. That's manslaughter. You Imagine can't. somebody going up for the game-winning shot and all of a sudden just absolutely T-boned <laughs> into the second row. Was this the demolition derby? Oh, it'd be it'd be awesome. It'd be pandemonium. I don't think so. I'll tell you one thing: the shooting percentages would dip in her. <laughs> way down. He'd be shooting 10% from three. Less than that. Let's toughen up the game a little bit again, huh? You want a little animal ball it's, it's out there, too huh? too soft. Uh, I don't know. That's that's pretty extreme. How about something else? How about, how about you can only take two steps before releasing the ball on a shot instead of four, James Harden? Or just enforce the rule as is. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's that. Too. Yeah, maybe. I I think if you were going to improve the quality of the game, it would have something to do with fewer free throws. But your <laughs> but your answer, tad bit extreme. Anything goes. <laughs> what are you going to pad up your basketball players so they look like linemen? No. <laughs> just that would be rough and tumble. Huh? <laughs> wow, Jake. All right, the last thing here, uh, the Jazz, again, Vegas has issued various uh, sports books down there. They have uh, varying ranges of uh, of total wins for teams. Over-unders? And, yeah, the Jazz totals that I've seen have ranged between 52.5 wins to 54 wins. You going over or under? I go over 52.5. 54 gives me a little more pause. But I'd probably say over on the 54, too. One of the things that's so interesting about this is to compare the teams from the East and the teams in the West. The East is just easier than the West. It is. And so how many games do you add just by virtue of playing in the East? Oh, man, that'd be a great question for Locke, actually, because I bet he's crunched those numbers. But I'd say probably five wins at least, don't so you think? So if the Jazz were in the East, you would you would see them around – Coming up on sixty wins. Uh huh. Huh. You just you just play those those terrible teams more. Yeah. I mean, you get more games against the Wizards and the Cavs and all these automatic Ws in the in the West. You know, at least last year, really your only automatic W in the West was Phoenix, maybe Dallas. Although we saw Dallas really put one on the Jazz early in the season last year. It's always a gamble because nobody knows what the injury situations are going to be. You just you can't predict that. But I mean, Sacramento was a tough a tough game last year. Yeah, I would. I I think the Jazz could get fifty five plus. I really do. Even with the tough West. Yeah, I think so too. Certainly, to, would take the over on fifty two and a half. I mean, I saw, they, I saw one day they said fifty four, and I thought, wow, that it was the second highest mm. in the West. The well, Clippers the, number one. Well, the Jazz were a fifty-one team last year, and they're better this year. So, yeah. and and I realize that you know five games doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. I mean, it if is. they won five more games, that would that would be a, a big time improvement. But I, I certainly think not only is that possible, I'd say it's probable. Yeah. Well, anyway, very interesting. Coming up next, we've got the Not Sports Report. It is the big show live from the warehouse, nineteen sixty-seven South, three hundred West. Come grab some gear. Also, check out unbelievable deals on furniture mattresses, adjustable beds, races, really uh, breaking out the deals with Tom out of town. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three. 
Countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see the one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. We are live from the warehouse. Come see us. 1967 South, 300 West. Gordo, where are we going today? We're going uh, We're going to a sensitive uh, topic. Okay. Jake, are you one of those guys who believes in certain rules when it comes to dating? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think there's some some ground rules out there. For instance, when you were in college, would it be okay with you to date one of your roommate's ex-girlfriends? No. See, roommate, roommate is a close relationship, you see, know? A lot of people no. say no. Uh, but I think it, it would be okay if, if it was a soulmate. You know, if you, it was one of those situations where, okay, that relationship, you can't end, you can't butt in in the middle of it. But once it's already over, then I think it would be appropriate. She's still coming over to the house when you're roommates with that person? <laughs> I don't, I don't. I know a lot I of people disagree. So. A lot of people disagree with it. I get it. This, is, my, this sounds have, like something you've done. No. Do you have any other rules? Well, yeah, I think uh, I actually think exes of friends, depending on how close are friends, of course, the difference between friend and acquaintance. But I think exes of friends, for the most part, are just are pretty off limits. off limits. Completely. Is that what you're saying? That's pretty much what I'm saying. No matter how much. Uh, if one of your friends, and I'm not even saying, I'm just saying they were a girlfriend and boyfriend. All right. So they break up. And a year later, she comes to you and you're single. And says, Jake, I always loved you. I was always attracted to you, you know. And you're single, and she is a lot of what you're looking for. (laughs) You're going to turn your back on that no matter what. Pretty easy for me to say, but unless I want to get rid of that friend, then yeah. Why would you? I wouldn't care. If it was, if I was your friend, I bet you would. No, I broke up with her. I bet you would. I broke. If she broke my heart, maybe it would hurt. But if I, if I, if it was a mutual agreement, isn't that? No, I don't think so. Well, you're going to love this one. So, uh, Sean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Diddy Combs. Uh huh. He is dating. Steve Harvey's 22-year-old stepdaughter, Lori Harvey. Okay. And uh, P. Diddy is uh, 49 years old. 
She's 22. So a bit I of mean, an age gap here, huh? A bit of an age gap, but I mean, in this time, in, a, in this day and age, it's uh, okay. That's 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 all right. I mean, I guess unless you're going to make rules about. Do you have rules about differences in ages? Uh, what what's the rule of thumb usually? Half your age plus three. Isn't that what it is, Austin? I thought seven, but is it? Oh, it's half your age plus seven. Um, but you know, she's in this over, case, she's over eighteen. She's an adult. You can make your 20, own decision. Twenty-seven years difference. Yeah, that's quite the gap, but okay. But here's the kicker. All right, Lori Harvey was once. Diddy Combs's son's girlfriend. Oh, that's pretty low. So now he's dating his son's ex. You can't do that. Come on. That seems a little out of order. What if they're soulmates, Gordon? <sighs> I, 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 I can't. I can't go. I can't, well, I don't know. It just, what do you just, mean you don't know? It just it's seems like there's something wrong with girlfriend. that. There is something wrong with that. <laughs> seems like there's something wrong. There is something wrong with that. <laughs> what if they? What if they are soulmates? I don't care. <laughs> you what, should what be. If, in, what if your son doesn't care? It doesn't matter. You know, there are certain boundaries you're just not crossing. You really? know what? Okay. I mean, and, and shouldn't your children be the most important thing in your world, right? But what if your son doesn't care? So. You should never even consider it in the first place. You should never get close enough to get his opinion on the matter. Well, apparently Diddy and Lori Harvey were seen prancing around New York, and they had matching clothes on. They had matching, this just gets worse and worse. Outfits. So they are making a, an announcement to everybody that, hey, she's with me. She used to be with my son, and she's 27 years younger than me. Nope. It does seem a little strange. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Nope. Anyway, well, make up your own rules out there when it comes to dating. Because it sounds like you do. <laughs> no, I mean, I Because it, it definitely no. sounds to me like you've you've dated a friend's ex before. That's, that's what I'm reading from this segment. I'm trying to think if that happened. I don't think so. Oh, well, not really a friend. Uh, uh, someone I knew. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. There's a difference between friend and acquaintance. Yeah. Yeah. That prob- that was a little awkward. Uh, now that I look back at, it. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Sounds like it. But this is extreme. Yep. Leave your kids' exes alone. I don't care how lonely you are. All and right. your P Diddy, you can't tell me there's not plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> you're made of money. <laughs> you're yeah, a mo- that, you're a music mogul. Does that guy have like billions of dollars? He's got plenty. You got a lot going for you, Diddy. You could probably attract another 22-year-old that's not the ex of your son. Are you saying, are you suggesting that uh, that money is what uh, all the women out there who I might did, be dating I'm not, him are gold diggers? I'm not uh, speaking in blanket statements, but yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> okay. All right. There you have it. All right. Joining us now, we're live at the Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Our good friend Race is with us once again, blowing out deals because Tom's out of town and Race can do what he wants. What's up, Race? You know, a lot of people are not familiar with this, but this might help uh, rattle some memories. We've been around over 40 years. We were Furniture Warehouse on Road Redwood. Everybody remembers that, right? Remember that with the dad and the son out in front of the store dancing in the cowboy hats? 
And remember the old saying, we stack it deep and sell it cheap? <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember <laughs> that, yep. Yep, that's us. Our prices for over 40 years have always been 15 to 30% less than anybody else close by us. And I have to say boom before I say this, but I was just talking to a few of the other employees, and we're going to do this. We're going to make it worth your while to come down to the Salt Lake store only today, tomorrow, or Monday, and we're going to take off another 20% off our already low pink and yellow tag prices. Wow. That's sofas, love seats, sectionals, dining room table and chairs, clearance items, rugs, artwork, only at the Salt Lake store at 1967 South, 300 West. Boom. Take advantage of it. Get down here. Save even more money. Just mentioned you heard it on The Zone. We'll have more coming up next. We'll let you hear our conversation with Ed Davis right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Dennis Dodd joining us. Look at Utah. I anticipate they'll be picked to finish top of the South Division. What are your thoughts on what Utah can do and your expectation for the Utes this year? I think they will be picked first. I have picked them first. Um, they've got their best player back. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I think defensive line so that's a good place to start and Kyle is the best coach out there that doesn't get you know the publicity of the other and USC is smart if they do anything with Clay Helton they do themselves well take a giant swing at Kyle I'm not even saying he'd come but you know you've got to try to get the absolute best guy out there I think what Kyle's done there is remarkable I think he's transitioned to school from Mountain West to Pac-12 and become more than uh, competitive Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.